Hey, this is Ross Payton with Roleplaying Public Radio. We're doing RPPR episode 62, Gen Con 2011 wrap up part two. And with me, as always, is Tom Church. And uh, yeah. we have special guests Aaron and David who are yeah, going to be do, about- Right now, they're staring at me. I have a mic and they don't. We, uh, uh, of course, because we only have two mics, we have to rotate them around. So but, for now, um, like for now, I'm just going to look at them over my microphone right, that I uh, have. As you mentioned, this year's Gen Con was so epic, we had to do two episodes about it. And uh, in the last episode, of course, we had Caleb talk about uh, his experiences. So this episode, we're going to focus on Aaron and David, their experiences. Aaron, of course, has yeah. been to several Gen Cons, yeah. but this David's, is David's first. David's also his first one. Yeah. Right. Um, but we have some different experiences. Uh, Dave uh, was part of the costume contest and talk a little bit about the cosplay there. Uh, Aaron, of course, ran three games of monsters and other childish things uh, with a uh, based in the secret of Nim. So we're going to talk about that um, and a lot of other things. Uh, so it, it's just going to be a great, you know, smorgasbord of uh, Gen Con goodness and stuff. Smorgasbord. It tastes yeah. like cheesecake. Um, so of course we have a little bit of a, a news for you guys, uh, as we always do. Uh, first off, we're going to the RPPR coupon uh, for Zombies of the World. Just go to zombiesoftheworld.com, and if you buy anything, enter in RPPR as a coupon code to get twenty percent off for the rest of this month. So uh, check that out. Um, yeah, Ross needs to sell books. Yeah, I'm a shameless whore. I am trying to sell books. I'm a capitalist. I'm. And Ross loves I'm a, money. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> David just said Ross loves money. Yep. Um, Tom has a kitten. Yeah, we got a new kitten. Yeah, so that's news. A tiny little gray kitten named Flipper. Yeah, he's because he's gray, and the moment my they he open has the flipper ca- arms. No, it's not a flipper kitty. Oh, but no, the moment they opened the cage, the, this kitten leaped out and latched onto my mom's shirt. You tried to okay, so uh, that was pretty much okay. Well, that's the kitten we're getting right there. Okay, that kitten, I will say, knew how to sell himself. The the you have to pre- you have to put yourself out there to be noticed by people. The codependent and, kitty. No, I said, no, no. This kitten was a good marketer. Uh, good at marketing. I, I knew, prefer knew, codependent. Knew how to sell himself. That anyway. Kitten, kitten was good. Um, let's see. I know I said he just rushed right along there, Ross. Like, I know. Yeah, yeah, it's Tom's thing. Let's go. Yeah, you mentioned well, it, Tom. It's, it, you have a kitten. I mean, what else are we supposed to say? I mean, I don't know, but you could. Should, we're not gonna, he's not going to be a guest on the show. He's not going to be like. Oh, he could be. He's not going to be talking about the new edition of Cat Wars or, you know. Universal meow system. You can pretend to actually give a crap for a moment. I do give a crap. I mean, I don't correct. believe you. Well, that's your problem, not mine. I mean, oh, that's your problem. You're projecting also. there. I think a little bit. You know, I don't think so. I think you're just psychologically dysfunctional. Um, Always. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, moving on. Uh, while we were away, Jin Khan, you know, <coughs> we, uh, did a. Um, Actual play rapid fire experiment where I posted four games within the space of a week. Tom's GURPS, uh, Modern League of Extraordinary, Extraordinary Gentlemen, uh, Judgment Day, which mixed Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, Terminator, and a whole bunch of other things. Yeah, um, it was all over. So the place. I want to listen. Get I've started a discussion on the Facebook group, the RPPR Facebook group, about. How how many APs is enough? Was that too many? Uh, a lot of some of you are saying yes, some of you are saying no. Uh, what are you wanting to see? Uh, I'm thinking about in the near future doing about two sessions worth of games per week. Where if there's two short episodes, uh, I'll put them together to make one four or five hour episode. 
Um, or we'll, we'll, we'll just, you know, I want to hear from you guys. I mean, I know some of you listen to these at work and have long, boring jobs or commutes. And, you know, so let's we're let's here to help from, you. Yeah. Um, we are here to help you. But I, on the other hand, I don't want to post so many that you get overwhelmed and you never finish anything. Because then what's the point of having this gr- awesome, great podcast? You know, if nobody listens to it. So. Oh, we that. I got a horrible chill down my spine upon those words. Rose. Yeah, I know. Uh, and finally, um, you know, a few years ago, I started a video podcast called Raillery, and then that fell apart when I realized how much work it was going to be because uh, <laughs> I am lazy. And also, Casey Green, uh, for some reason, didn't want to do all the intense animation work for my lazy, you know, voice yeah, acting. Yeah, for one a week, you know. Yeah, that was. Well, just why, why, I don't know why he couldn't do that. I know. He'd be my personal art slave. But no, he had to have a life and a career or whatever. So, um, anyway. The reason I bring this up is because I'm bringing. I, got a new idea for Raillery, which is to bring it back as a video game focused podcast, uh, sort of a let's play kind of thing <laughs> for weird computer games um, where we're going to be talking about, like I've already posted a few episodes, one is called Hide, uh, about a very weird indie uh, computer game that has, it's very arty, it's very now, avant-garde. When you say Hide, Ross, are we talking about Hide? To hide yes, the verb. The skin is in a hunk of animal. No, it is tied. It is a so not uh, so not your necromancer's baby armor. No, and it's not about Mister Hyde. Uh, it's about hiding. Um, so uh, and then I did another one for Killing Floor, which is uh, twenty minutes long and uh, about a modded server and the insanity of modded servers in general. So uh, we'll uh, take a look at that and uh, yeah. Um, so, anyways, uh, we'll have links to that in the show notes. So take a take a look uh, if you you're better. so inclined. Uh, Ross, we we need the attention. Yeah, obviously. Um, We're very lonely. We're extremely lonely. No, lonely poor you. Guys. And I honestly think the marriage uh, the marriage with Ross is yeah. just it's rocky right now. <laughs> yes, judging by the comments, yeah, I'm yeah. the mari- marryable one here. You guys are all yeah. Ross. Like Ross is very hormonal right now. Yeah, oh yeah, blame it on me. Blame it on the hormone. Yeah, deny all responsibility. Yeah, yeah I come thanks. home and you're crying every yeah. damn day. It's because of you, Tom. I don't think you believe that. I'm allergic to kittens, and you bring one home. Oh my god. Are daddy and daddy gonna get a divorce? Shut up, Aaron, and eat your vegetables. <laughs> we'll t- I'll turn this podcast around. We'll go right back home. I don't. Anyway, I don't even know what that meant. Anyway, uh, this metaphor is getting a little strange. Yeah, uh, I say we stop that we right broke now. Broke that a while ago. Um, anyway, so let's uh, talk about Gen Con, which is what the episode is actually about. Uh, we uh, have David and Aaron here. So first off, so we're going to talk turn the, to. I'm going to turn the mic over to them. Yeah. So uh, first off, we're going to talk David. This is David's first Gen Con. So uh, Hello, tell listeners. us. Yes, um, you remember David? He was in the Bryson Springs uh, actual play as the gangster. Uh, he hasn't been in many other episodes, but uh, uh, he's. Always Hopefully there will be more. Yes, exactly. So tell us about uh, your first impressions of Gen Con. Well, the first thing I have to say is that it is very large. For people who have never gone to a large convention, this is bigger than you're expecting. Much, much bigger. Um, my badge number was 73,000 and change. Um, we understand, Ross, how many attendees were there? 36,000? Uh, that's what the their press release said, that there was 36,000 attendants this year. So. And yeah. that's just the people who made it. There were a lot of people who bought badges that didn't. <laughs> but um, it has to be said, it is a very large convention. And if you're not expecting the enormity of it, even if you are expecting that it's going to be huge, it don't, don't think that you're prepared until you see it. I mean, you have to experience it once just to get the sheer volume and the sheer size of this thing. Yeah, especially like the exhibition hall. 
Yeah, I walked that exhibition hall twice, and I still didn't see everything there was to see. Yeah, how many hours did you put into it? <laughs> uh, quite a few. As a matter yeah. of fact, uh, I would say maybe 30% of my time at Gen Con was put into the exhibition hall just trying to see everything, and I, I didn't see anything. I didn't see anywhere close to everything. Yeah. Uh, that, that's but I did see some really wonderful things. Um, the one, yeah, the one of the first things I've learned about Gen Con is learning how to uh, uh, find the best in the exhibition hall without uh, getting overwhelmed by it, and that usually requires research ahead of time. So it took a while to find uh, Glancy's. Uh, and on top of that, I have a I have a bit of a downside that Ross doesn't. I, I'm yeah. distracted by shiny objects, and dear lord, there was a lot of shiny. <laughs> yeah, there were. Yeah, shiny objects were in abundance. Did you pick up any of these shiny objects? Did you purchase them? A couple of them. I've got a twenty uh, sided die that was cut out of quartz. She even painted it in my purple. So I've got a really really nice die. Nice. Waiting uh, for a chance to roll a 20. <laughs> uh, have you done any of the, uh, the various uh, good luck rituals that you've done uh, for the, the diet? Uh, yes, I have already soaked it in its uh, customary drink. Um, for those who don't know, um, my brother and I both follow different schools of dice preparation. I prepare mine through positive reinforcement. I tend to soak my dice in booze. Um, I either use whiskey or rum, depending on the dice. And uh, on the other hand, Brother takes a Lord Vader approach to his. Um, whenever a die rolls a one for him, he destroys it in front of the others and makes them watch. Um, methods that he's used to destroy include hacksaws, hammers, and uh, my personal favorite, the blowtorch. Is that a single one or is that like repeated? I mean, it uh, depends on the instance. Um, oh, okay. We were playing a... Uh, <laughs> High stakes, yeah. uh, We were actually playing in a ranked tournament for uh, the Warlord card game. And yeah. um, you have to roll a 20-sided. It's basically, for those who don't know, it's D&D, the CCG. And he rolled a 1, which was, as we all know, a critical failure, right when he needed to get a hit. If he would have rolled a 3 or better, he would have hit the target. He rolled a 1, so it's an automatic miss. And that die died that night, <laughs> rather painfully. First time nice. it ever rolled a 1. Nice. Also the last. <laughs> yes. He still has the halves of that one in with the other dice just to warn them. So uh, you said it's whiskey or rum. What, what is it for the uh, quartz die? Uh, the quartz die I gave rum. Rum, okay. Makes sense. A little richer, a little more refined drink than a, a coarse whiskey. Uh, well, it depends well, on yeah. the type of whiskey. But well, the whiskey I... Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, but the whiskey I use comes in a bottle with a screw on cap. What does that tell you? <laughs> yeah, Do you live in a trailer park? Yeah. Oh. No. Um, <laughs> all right. So, uh, so yeah, your first question, obviously, massive things. Uh, unlike uh, uh, Tom and I, you uh, cosplay. Uh, uh, you know, yes, who are I did. You, who are you cosplaying? Um, I dressed up as uh, Shinsui Kiraku from Bleach. Um, he's one of the Shinigami captains. Uh, quite possibly the easiest one to spot out of all of them because most of the characters in Bleach will wear a black outfit. The captains wear a white haori, and mine is the rather flamboyant one that has a flowery haori over top of that. Okay. And got some help from a friend, couple of friends to make that. Um, my friend Mouse actually sewed my obi for me. Um, I've got a friend Angie who helped with the pants. Sadly, though, I have lost weight since I was measured, so underneath the costume, where nobody could see, I was wearing a pair of bright red firefighter suspenders to keep the pants up. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, it breaks a little of the authenticity, you know. Just it ruins my immersion, you know. Oh, animes don't wear suspenders. Uh, no, they hold their pants up by sheer force of hair gel. Exactly. Uh, same force of gravity. So, uh, well, I mean, there's a lot of cosplay going on. In yes, Jason, and so. I got pictures on my cell phone of quite a few of them. 
Um, have to say some of my favorites were a gentleman who was dressed up as the fourth doctor from Doctor Who. Uh, he had the Tom Baker scarf and he had the jelly babies. Full props for that. Um, there were some of the cutest kids you would ever see. There was a little girl in a Dalek dress and a little boy dressed up as a Jawa who would not hold freaking still so I could take his picture. <laughs> the uh, Ed Eller kid, which I think you need to mention. Well, so. yeah, but that's going to be a little bit later. Okay. Um, I was in the costume contest because since I did have a little bit of help on the costume, mm-hmm. I have no skill with a sewing machine whatsoever. But I do know a couple of ladies who do. And so they helped me with my costume. I did buy a couple of pieces of it off the internet. Right. Which, and I admitted at the time, I told them, look, I got this from this uh, place in Japan that uh, actually said, now, no, you really do need to send us your measurements because what you consider extra large as an American is probably not what we consider extra large. Technically, according to this site, I am a 6X, which means I should have been wearing a tent. <laughs> but um, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, first time entered into the costume contest, and I have to say there were a lot of people that did way better than I did. Yeah. Um, special shout out goes to the kid who was in line in front of me, uh, who dressed up as Ed Elric from Full Metal Alchemist. And um, kid was 13 years old, put together his own costume. Uh, the arm, the right arm for the character, is uh, metal. If you've right, seen the right. show, if you haven't. It's metal. It's metal. <laughs> and uh, he made it out of skateboard pads, and it lo- really looked the part. But where nice. he uh, raised it to artistry was he had LEDs in his hands. So when the character claps his hands to do his thing, his hands always light up. When he brought his hands together, his hands lit. So I thought that was a really nice That's touch. Pretty clever. Yeah. And you want to know the fun part? He what? didn't win. Oh, wow. Who won? Um, the winner was actually, uh, I believe it was a little bitty kid, maybe two, three years old that the mom dressed up. But it has to be said, cute will win over skill every day of the week. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of unfair. Unless you're Batman. Yeah. Oh, I saw that Batman too. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. saw it closer than you did because I was about uh, arms no, length away from ele- Well, actually, when I actually went up the elevator with him. He was at the Hyatt. Uh, of course, he had the mask off already. He was like, you know, just dr- you know, dripping sweat. He was just like... I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. The man was encased in rubber. Yeah, it was Tight the uh, rubber. Uh, Dear Dark God. Knight, you know, not the, uh, the, the latest incarnation of Batman, not the... Uh, and uh, Al Kilmer nipple well, yeah. ones. And uh, <laughs> well, he and his firefighter buddies, because the guy's a fireman, uh, he and his firefighter buddies actually put the suit together. Yeah. And so he was a candidate for the Golden Needle Award, too, which is the Did You Make This Yourself Award. <laughs> and there are a lot of people that do make it themselves, and lots and lots of skill goes into these things. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's... I will probably cosplay again, but I doubt that I'm ever going to enter the costume contest just because I can't compete with these people. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, a lot hat, of them are. Hats off to all of them. Uh, some of them I know are like professional, like, you know, costume designers from Hollywood that, you know, just do this as their hobby because, you know, they're already obsessed with making costumes. So mm-hmm. they're, they, they're, they bring some serious skill to it. So, I mean, it, it gets... It's oh man, uh, so yeah, good. And uh, you guys got some photos of it, so uh, if we can get those, we'll uh, put them up on the site. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys, check it out. Um, so what else? Uh, you, you mentioned the Heinlein Society. Oh yes. Um, for those who've never heard of the author, uh, Robert Anson Heinlein is uh, referred to as the Godfather of modern science fiction. Yeah, if you haven't he writes, heard of him, why are you listening to this? Like, seriously, how could you be listening to this. But um, among other things, he was very big on civic responsibility. And uh, Heinlein was a blood donor, a rare blood donor. (coughs) He was uh, AB positive, I believe. Yeah. And so he was one of the founding members of the rare blood donations, or rare blood. He donated blood. (laughs) (laughs) But in his honor, um, whenever they get a bunch of sci-fi 
fans together, or as I refer to Gen Con, a group of geeks, gamers, dweebs, and nerds like us, yeah. um, they will, or the Heinlein Society will organize a blood drive for the local blood banks. And so I went into it. Um, I have special reasons for wanting to give blood. My brother is a cancer survivor, and my dad died of cancer and needed quite a bit of transfusions before he died. So right. we, we see the need. So um, they had a booth, and all I had to see was favorite author, we want your blood. Uh, okay, just take it all. So I went to the Bloodmobile in full costume, and um, I donated my pint. Nice, nice. Um, so that kind of, of course, that kind of wears you out a little bit. So uh, Yeah. But, uh, uh, that, and walking cool. around in a heavy costume in the nice hot August sun after giving blood is not necessarily the smartest idea. So I advise anybody who does take up the Heinlein Society on their offer, ne- or wear comfortable clothes. <laughs> yeah. And drink exactly. lots of fluids. Lots of fluids. Lots of fluids, yeah, no joke. Um, so yeah, of course, uh, um, you also had some gaming experience. We'll talk a little bit more, more of the games that we all played together. Uh, mm-hmm. You're in Tom's Wild Talents Zombies game that I yes, you know, I was. fobbed off on him. and because uh, uh, That you fobbed off on him, yes. Yes, exactly. Um, and then in the Deathmatch game, I ran for everybody. So uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit for the more of the anecdotes and uh, that kind of thing. Uh, but Aaron, of course, was there, too. And this is not your first uh, uh, yeah, uh, showtime. But, no, I'm not going to say I fucked many goats beforehand. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, All right. Well, your word's not mine. I uh, mean, I'm... You know that no one heard my voice when I was saying that. Yeah. Probably uh, so. Yeah. No, that, t- actually, you'd be surprised how well these your, your mic your, your voice the is mic's picked close up. To just in I'll, case I'll anybody, boost it. I'll boost it, Tom. Let's boost the pitch. Yeah. But uh, no, for anybody who didn't hear that, Tom said it's not his first go- my first goat fuck. So, but yeah. uh, I'm not going to say that. Lee Stan. Um, no, this will be I think my fourth year of going to Gen Con because the first one is when I you guys decided to drag me along after Tom said, "Well, you're having a crappy day at work. Come with us in, to Indianapolis in August and go to a giant nerd fest." I couldn't yeah. say no. So, well, who could ever say no to an offer like that? Well, I mean, it is a giant nerd fest. I mean, that's pretty. Yeah. You, can, you know, can't, truth in Are advertising. Uh, no, obviously not. No, yeah. We're proud um, of the fact. Yeah. <laughs> but so, anyways, uh, no. This, um, oh, good. Well, no. Uh, so, what were your highlights at the con? I know. Uh, well, the biggest one was actually the main um, event that I was running, which were my three um, Secret of Nim games done within Monsters and Other Childish Things, uh, which was kind of an unprecedented event for me because, uh, thankfully, for our viewers last year, uh, thank you all again for supporting me and sending me to Gen Con to uh, run the Call of Cthulhu game. Uh, to, uh, to which, actually, I will say this again. Um, those rewards will be going out probably within this last month. It's been a year. <laughs> if you want to start barraging my message message box on the boards, go for it. You have full uh, rights at this point. Well, so, you tried poking him with a stick, sharpen the end of the stick. Well, the stick. people yeah, who got the, the preview episodes. Yeah, the four, which, uh, which I can say, too. Tad and, and uh, Amish, your, your stuff is coming. So. Yeah. Um, but no, from the other one last year, uh, where I was forced to, uh, run that game, it was a really good response and I wanted to see if I could actually do something of my own material, right. uh, which came up with the idea of creating a game based around the secret of Nim, but, um, adding elements of Call of Cthulhu, uh, primarily because if any of you, I'm guessing have watched the movie, um, which when we get to the anecdote, which will be more interesting, about what happened. Um, you've always seen Nicodemus, the main leader rat, as uh, somewhat mystical, and I always thought, that's kind of odd. All these rats are scientific and engineers. What the hell is his deal? Why is, when no. do you open Mrs. Br- when Brisby opened her uh, the door, 
uh, why did you see the light coming out of that? That's really funky. Uh, so. That's fair. And to be honest, like uh, adding li- zombies or the Cthulhu mythos to literally anything makes it better. Yeah, it's, period. It sometimes I mean, there's does. no exceptions. It's like the bacon um, of games. Exactly. Yeah, Thank you. That's a very everything. good thing. Yeah. Anyways. So. Um, so this is how the idea. <laughs> I watched that. <laughs> Sex oh, in the oh. City and Cthulhu. I would watch that. Uh, oh. Yeah. Uh, why would you? Well, there's already a mythos creature in there, Sarah Jessica yeah. Parker. Come on. So, anyways, um, go on. Yeah. But the idea sprung out from that, so I started writing that up. And initially, this was only set up for the Call of Cthulhu system, since I began began learning more about that and became more comfortable about it. And uh, about let's say half the year through, Ross made the suggestion, uh, since I was going to try for a GM's badge this year, that I go ahead and do it with Arc Dream. And they would set everything else up for me. And the only yeah. thing I would have to worry about is changing the systems to monsters and other childish things. Well, since I hadn't run or before, I was yeah. going like, God, it, it, Ross, why do you want me to do this? This is just your own personal power trip again. Yes. And, and it did work because I'm weak-willed and I don't deserve my Green Lantern ring. Um, but I, uh, <laughs> But I caved in. And it ended up being one of the best decisions because as much as I love Cthulhu... I ended up dealing with people who were not familiar with most other gaming systems and having to explain explain or and the single role engine ended up being so much easier than having to explain Cthulhu and doing the damage tables. Yeah, we'll and, go, yeah uh, d- uh, tell me about that cuz you know I, every time I run a con game I usually I almost always spend like half an hour explaining the rules of the one role engine, you know, for monsters or you know, uh, wild talents or whatever. But yeah, so what was your your experience explaining the rules? To uh, not too badly. It did vary between group to group. Uh, the very first you ran it three that, times. Yeah, right? I ran it three times total. Yeah. Um, just to kind of get it down. And actually, I ended up being lucky because the first group that I ran. Uh, Four of the people I knew, three of them were in the previous Cthulhu game that I ran. So, so you I, have your own fan club. Yeah, I, I, I got lucky on that one. And, uh, <laughs> and the third one was uh, uh, Tandori from the uh, forum. So yeah. uh, we had to, that was uh, to add, so we were lucky to have him. But really, the main explanation was only about maybe 10 minutes or so of telling you how the dice worked, how mm. they were taken away from your own pool, um, what skills went through, and God, did we use notice a lot. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me, and uh, and afterwards, it may have been just like a minute or two if we ran into an odd thing, uh, odd thing like a, a skill check that they weren't certain of when we we're doing one. Like uh, the biggest one, I think, was uh, relating around combat skills initially when we yeah. uh, faced the first big event, which was a uh, a, a giant earth mover that I, I had them face up against. But uh, other than that, it was very simple, and it was much nicer than potentially having to set up damage tables and and actually damage rating for each of their weapons that they or abilities that they had. Uh, and also a bigger help with this was actually the Bigger Bads book that you lent me, Ross, Yeah. Uh, because I learned I could just create uh, uh, threat pools out of dice yeah. and just have them reduce it. So for that Earth Mover scene, that was entirely simplified. Yeah, so. Bigger Bads really should be like the core rules part two. I mean, there really is... You're running monsters and other childish things. You really should just 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 get it. Yeah. All right, get it or get road trip. Well, yeah, no, 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 no. Road trip. Why, why? Why was the word "or" in there, David? It should be get <laughs> get bigger bets and road trip True. for the complete experience. <laughs> but uh, no, that was. But yeah, my main experience with the con was running those particularly three games, which uh, I again going in, I was really afraid because I didn't have actually established material backing me up this time, where I could. 
because uh, uh, Tom ended up writing a bunch of stuff out for me to go back on. This was me. Okay, well, yeah, uh, just to elaborate, the pre- first year you ran Divine Fire. Yeah, which is Divine Tom's, Fire, so. Uh, Tom created here. You know, we have gotten <laughs> several requests about uh, you yeah. publishing that. Uh, so uh, we'll no. we'll talk about that later. Anyways, uh. um, so yeah, it was it was a little bit stressful writing up my own material. I had everything basic, but I also had to remember that given, given the fact that this was a con game, I had to think keep things fairly vague in certain areas. So because I what was, do you mean like uh, well uh, like I, do you mean the canon of the secret of Nim or can, vague like in the rules or mechanics? Uh, vague vague in the rules and just the general setting because um, originally I ended up writing like a, almost like a two page synopsis of. Mm-hmm. Um, details and things that they may run into, but I had to remind myself this was only a four-hour game. There's no way they potentially could run into all of this, right? And it, and it may end up dragging the game. Like uh, one thing I was going to add in there was an undead version of the uh, the cat dragon, yeah. that would have chased them around if they were outside, and none of the three groups ever encountered that. And by the second game, I I realized because uh, we had more outdoors time. Really, it would have just complicated things further. It, re- it, it served no purpose because the big bad that they faced was this earth mover before going down into the well and the rose bush and the cave yeah, underneath. Yeah, yeah. So, right. um, so that's one of the things I had to throw out immediately saying, that's fine. Yeah, you have to learn think on your feet. Yeah, just, so. and modify to the, ca- the player characters because um, two of the groups spent uh, – two of the groups uh, – We'll talk more about yeah. this in the anecdotes. It's been actually, a layer, but, so yeah. But in general, you, you feel like you've uh, – uh, you had a lot of trepidation, I know, talking about the scenario beforehand. Yeah. But then you feel like you've conquered that and you're going to be running more games in the future? Yeah, I actually am because uh, 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 yeah, I was lucky enough. All three groups really liked it. It, it. Even the second group, they couldn't finish it up because it was uh, they had other things to go to. Mm. Um, but I'm happier to do it now, and I'll actually probably end up contacting Shane Ivey again of – Arc Dream Publishing to uh, do three more next year, although the only thing I'm going to um, correct from that, it's going to be all day games, or at least morning, because as much as I love the night stuff, uh, I ended up missing things like the costume contest. Uh, I really wanted to try to go through the terror works. But on the other hand, we got to see Aaron as a zombie. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, from the uh, from the RPPR game, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. uh, uh, The experience. But uh, No, it was really great, and I was glad to go through the uh, the convention hall as I was. Uh, the only regret I had, uh, the only two regrets I had this year were um, one of my vendor friends didn't end up showing up, which I had to contact her later. And uh, the uh, illustrator, David Wong, was not there, but I'll tell yes, talk about that uh, later. Yes, have you talked about this before? Uh, uh, no, I'll, or if you want me to get into it now, I will. Yeah, why don't we, uh, uh, tell us about you and da- the, the, the saga of you and David uh, Wong. Of David oh, Wong. So, <laughs> yeah. Our um, listeners are too. Yeah, so this is the story of this, this how it happened. Uh, the second Gen Con I went to, I had an uh, influx of cash, so I decided, you know what? I'm going to actually have one of the artists um, draw something for me there, uh, specifically out of Tom and my our Gargoyle game. Long, long, yeah, a couple yeah, times. Yeah, so. we, yeah, but I figured that would be a cool drawing. And as I looked at the different artists, I found a gentleman who uh, his artwork had the very cartoony style that we were looking for. And he looked he did a good job replicating other styles, too, because he had like a Harley Quinn and uh, Man Bat from the animate, Batman the Animated Series. So I gave him the... Uh, and this gentleman's name was David Wong. I gave him the general parameters of it. He said, okay, and I paid up front. Mistake. Yeah. Um, never do that again. <clears throat> and so I left the con thinking, okay, this is going to be about three or four months of waiting, which it, I understand artists are busy. They have a lot of things on their schedules. Yeah. I um, just have to ask, <clears throat> you did say that this was con number five for you, right? Con number two. Four. Well, well this, the, is my, this is my fourth one now. Yeah. The uh, project was praised at the second one, so it has now been two years hence. Yeah, yeah. 
So what begins next is probably the uh, battle for the pictures, as I like to call it. For okay. As I called him back, texted him, and got all sorts of answers saying, no, I don't have this ready. I'm working on my con stuff right now. I'm having sex with a woman. I don't know. Just, yeah, it's... That was exaggerated, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming so. But <laughs> it, but it's all a manner of excuse. And finally, it ended up with um, last year's Gen Con. He said, all right, are you going to be there? Yes. Okay, I'll get it done there. Fine. First day we're there, I go right to him. He said, apologizes and said and shows me a sketch. Okay, we'll get it done. I come back on Sunday. It's like, okay, I will not bother you with this. I will give you your time. Come back. Oh, I'm really sorry. I had other people come up, and this is and uh, yours got left on the table. And this is and this really was the difference between eight people being angry at me versus one. Well, you shouldn't chose the one asshole. Yeah. But being non, I, I didn't really want to start a conflict or be that guy at the con screaming at somebody. So I unfortunately oh, gave him the chance. Aaron, you you well, couldn't be that guy anyway. Well, yeah, I'll try. But Aaron is too noble of a soul. Uh, I'm just too meek. That's the problem. Um, anyway, I uh, gave him this we chance. Like our answer better. And about, sound better. And about <laughs> half a year, the year in of tail, uh, basically trying to contact him, I gave up and said, okay, you know what? It comes to this year. I'm just going to go up to him. I and You're going to be that I'm gonna, guy. Yeah, I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to demand my money. I had printed up a... Uh, a uh, old statement that had the charge on there, so he couldn't deny it. And uh, it was even funnier because uh, when we got there, I told Ian, Violet, and Caleb. Caleb wanted to go just to see me go off on the guy. Yeah, no. so it, he was he was really <laughs> I eager Caleb for that. Me about that. Yeah. He was really eager, which kind of bothered me a little bit. <laughs> and Ian was pissed. He looked livid. He wanted to go there and give the evil eye to, to this guy for the entire speech. So Caleb and I are at the opening of uh, the. Uh, the dealer room. We go right in. We search for everything. The asshole is not there. And it's at that point I get my phone out. I look at his schedule and it says Gen Con tentative. Motherfucker. Yep. So uh, if you're listening, which you probably aren't, you well, everyone stupid listens douchebag. Yeah. Uh, it's like fuck you, David Wong. You are a worthless artist and a worthless human being. The the work has already gone to Ian, <coughs> and uh, he. And this is what the third week since Gen Con. Yeah. Third week, he already has almost a full sketch up. He's just doing the, the paint job on it now. So, <laughs> so hire Ian you. Moody and Violet Kirk for your work. Yes, not they David do great Wong. work. And once it's up, I will post a copy of it onto the forum so you can all see. So David Wong can eat a bag of dicks. Yeah, is he, that what you're he saying? is a bag of dicks a given carnage. A bag so. of bag. Eat a bag of hell. I bag know. of hell. So. Uh, I was referring to little CK's work. Eat a bag of dicks. Oh, well, I don't understand this. Um, anyways, so, uh, of course, you also, uh, well, on the lighter side, though, you uh, at least you guys stayed at a better hotel, right? You, oh, dear. The, uh, just so you, uh, for listeners, um, Gen Con expanded uh, the number of hotels it has. Uh, they've been, the Indianapolis downtown has been expanding quite a bit, like the infrastructure and the hotels and everything. Uh, and you're staying at the Conrad, so... Yeah, the Conrad. Uh, yeah, we were staying stay at the Hyatt, which was pretty... Uh, it was kind of... Ghetto this year. Well, so. the one elevator down, the others yeah. were slow, so... You tell me. We They're... didn't have that problem at ours. Yeah. Um, I have to say that um, I yeah. uh, worked through a travel site, and um, I'm not sure if I can tell you which one, but I got a good deal on this hotel and found out that it was a great deal on this hotel. Um, it was me, Caleb, and Aaron all staying in the room. Uh, we paid a decent price for it, I think, and the hotel was way more swank than we expected. Um we waited, I think, 15 seconds for the elevators every time they were key card yeah, access. Yeah, that would be nice. We talked about that. Yeah, we, we talked about that, yeah. 
High elevators are pretty horrible. Yeah, and uh, we uh, David was able in this package to actually get uh, free breakfast vouchers. Well, not exactly free. Um, basically, the room cost for me was uh, $35 more to get breakfast vouchers. And we ended up getting $200 worth of vouchers. And that was plenty. It was enough to feed us every single day. Yeah, that sounds like it. Yeah, and uh, the, the place that we ate at in the hotel called the Capitol Grill um, was rather amazing because you walk in, it's all mahogany walls around it. There are pictures of stern Republican-esque people staring down at you. And, uh, they, we... and one of the items on the menu is lobster eggs benedict. Nice. This is basically eggs benedict with the ham removed and lobster uh, lobster substituted. <laughs> I have never in my life woke up and said, "You know what I want this morning? Shellfish." But if I had wanted to, they probably would have had it. And um, pretty sure that they don't have waiters walking around with pepper mills. I think they just have gold dust that they sprinkle on their food, <laughs> like yeah. magical rich yeah. person oh. pixie dust. <laughs> Yeah, and the, the funny thing is is that when we walked into it, um, when Caleb, we were waiting for Caleb, he got over there, looked around, and said, you know, I'm just waiting for somebody to come by and tell me to get back to work. And I looked over and said, yeah, I wonder if they're going to walk up to me and say, what are you doing out of uniform? Get back in the kitchen, boy. <laughs> so. Yeah, basically. Uh, yeah, it was a very swanky place. Um, uh, very great uh, thing. So um, there was a TV in the bathroom pointed directly at the tub. What else do you need to say, really? That's, that's like... If you want to soak in the tub and turn on Doctor Who, you can. Yeah. And I did. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah. Because you know, after walking all those miles, I mean, dear Lord. <laughs> Especially in the co- costume, so... Um, I, I lost 15 pounds over the course of the convention. Seriously? Wow. 15 pounds. That's a, that's a great diet. It's a great over exercise. Over the course of four days, I must have walked 20 miles. And, yeah, yeah you... I sweated. You sweated, the right yeah, off. yeah, no joke. Um, so uh, we uh, we're gonna have a um, talk a li- break and do a little more uh, uh, of the shout outs. We're gonna do some shout outs, then we're gonna do some anecdotes. We're gonna have extended an- anecdotes I'm talking about David and Aaron's uh, uh, various games, the deathmatch game we had at the RPPR meetup, uh, the Wild Talents game, his Nim game. So uh, we'll be right back. so fast but I got feelings for Martin Starr and they're gonna last tell me it's okay to like Louis C.K. all of my friends call me Smeagol cause I'm looking for and we're back um, and I did want to mention there was one uh, uh, other thing you know we talked about during the show notes uh i just want to explain my motive for asking the the spider bot the tachcoma question at the uh eclipse face panel you see explain yourself yeah exactly uh (laughs) i was actually doing to try and help you Aaron. i was trying to help you because caleb had already ruled that the spider bot would not be allowed on luna because it was too big but Mm -hmm. i thought well there's nothing in the book that actually says how big it is i'll ask the people who wrote the game and maybe they'll give maybe they'll help a brother out mm-hmm. but no they didn't but i tried Aaron. i tried to dig you out of that grave yeah you tried to dig me in the With grave you were already you, in you, the grave yeah i was in 
the grape, he ended up knocking dirt on me well, and putting you were a boulder there, there so, in place you know, nothing... that says, Aaron is wrong. Fuck him. Ha ha ha. I am Caleb. So... <laughs> it's nothing venture, nothing gain, Aaron. I had to take the risk. And it was perfectly justifiable. And I can't, you know, you, you should be thanking me for trying to help you. You know, I'm going to thank him right now when I take a flex bot and start, <laughs> start screwing around with that all day long. So yeah, I have to say here, when uh, Ross goes to help somebody, it's about like going to see a doctor and having the doctor pump another round in you for a gunshot wound. Well, I mean, that, well, I could see that. If you shoot the first bullet out with a smaller bullet, then there's a net loss of blood in the person. Uh, yeah. So, you know, no, Ross, I, I understand you did go to logic. bat for me. I'm a master just, of player logic. But so. it, yeah, unfortunately, this is, you went with the I'm helping logic, yeah. which, uh, like I <laughs> said, only furthered to, that's like puncture me yeah. even more. Well, so. I'm, oh, what's this? A deep bleeding wound here. Let me rub some salt on that. That'll help ex- it. Exactly. Yeah, so. Salt makes things clean. It's <laughs> decent. Uh, yeah. Anyways, it keeps uh, away just, demons. Yeah. yeah, it keeps away demons and still kills you, and we're not in the Middle Ages. So. Yeah, well, it keeps away demons, so okay, uh, you're welcome. I guess. Um, so we're moving on to shout-outs. Uh, so uh, we have quite a few things. Uh, Dave and Aaron are going to be talking about their stuff. Um, I want to mention, first off, uh, something I think... Well, first off, my... my uh, well, no, no, we'll, we'll talk about the one thing I want. I think we can all agree on, which is the Noodle Company, which I think. Oh dear lord! Um, we we yes. let's all talk about how great the Noodle Company is. The Noodle wa- Company is awesome. Yeah. Uh, we went there and I got a bowl of macaroni and cheese with shredded cheese and bacon on it. While I was getting my drink, it arrived at the table, so it's fast, it's fresh, it's fast, and it was so good. And remember, this is in downtown Indianapolis when there's 36,000 additional people there. Actually, even more than that because there were other conventions. We haven't mentioned that. Uh, the, oh, yeah. There were conferences there going on in the same hotels. Aside from Gen yeah. Con, there was a nursing one in the JW Marriott. Yeah, there and was... then there was an animal sciences. Uh, uh, I can't even remember what it was called, but it was like you know anthrobiology or something like well, that. There was, well, there was that was a one part of it, but there was actual science there and you too. Could always tell who <laughs> like biology up for which convention. Yeah, uh, yeah, the sensible middle middle class middle aged people with you know lanyards versus. You know, cosplayers and people with funny T-shirts. Well, you guys were leaving the Hyatt, so we didn't see we didn't see if they were there this year. But was the law enforcement uh, convention still right after Gen Con? Oh yeah, was it still there, or did you see those guys? I didn't see anything like that. No, I found it funny because from the last like two years we went there. uh, Prior to this, there was always a law enforcement convention, so you had cosplayers wandering around with these stern. It's like crew guys with crew cuts and weapons, all holding weapons on their side. So it was always hilarious. Well, to, see to be that. fair, cops like. I mean, my experience, in my personal experience, cops like uh, at least they like larpers, vampire larpers. Because I, I think I mentioned this on the show before, but um, I went to a, the vampire larp in Springfield. There was one in Springfield downtown at the town square late Sunday nights. Um, but the cops liked the LARPers because they scared away the drug addicts and the homeless people <laughs> and the criminals because they would just see the people dressed up as you know vampires and capes and cloaks and everything, carting around cr- you know dozens of books with pictures of monsters on the covers, and they got freaked the fuck out. So like, <laughs> we have the power. <laughs> yeah. So like, the the cops love them. I mean, you know, they were because they knew they were harmless geeks at heart, but they scared away yeah. the, the actual criminals. But, anyways, I, for, yeah, for, but the noodle company. How great is that? Yeah, I got I got uh, I got macaroni and cheese with some shredded cheese, and they added they added a bunch of grilled chicken for a dollar. Yeah, and not, not like, like not like four pieces. It was like ten pieces of grilled like slices of grilled chicken on this thing for a dollar. Yeah, 
and it's it, yeah, it came within two minutes tops. What I don't know is like why isn't there one in Springfield right now? I do now? not know. I why do not is there know. not? Why has capitalism failed us? Why has society? This is failed something us? I want. This is a crisis of. This is the real crisis of capitalism. Yes. There's not a pan, you know, noodle. Because I had the Japanese pan noodles, and man, that shit was good. And you it know, was. If I can't have my White Castle, you guys can't have. Your yeah, noodles. David has well, a thing for White Castle, but they're nasty. Well, White the Castle. Bur- I, the sliders are nasty. I like the chicken sandwiches and the fish sandwiches. No, but the I, actual... I, I'll, I'll stick it for the sliders. Uh, Fine, you no do pickles, that. but you know, otherwise they're fine. But pan noodles, they're they're good for you. It's like <laughs> sprouts and broccoli and like health food. What did you get, Aaron? I, I you didn't say what you got. Um, um, I, I didn't get anything because I was not present. I was running my game. Aaron, what the hell? You guys didn't go back during it. Well, you can go by yourself. I mean, there are there. Are, it's right there. It's right by. And I, once again, Ian and Violet—they're the ones that uh, mentioned it to me and talked me into going there. I'm I great. went last year, actually. Well, we're not talking about that, Ross. I know, but I went. But this it was year my too. first time there. Yeah. It was delicious. Yeah, and even though it was a huge ass crowds and you, and it was cheap. Yeah, my God, it's, yeah, it's like six dollars, six seven bucks. Um, maybe and eight. as Tom mentioned, even though there was a huge crowd, we didn't wait in line for very long. I think we were in no. line less than five minutes. I was in line in twenty minutes, but that was like I was at prime rush hour, like dinner time. I mean, it was ridiculous. But I mean, it was literally jam packed to wall to wall, and I still got it. We still ate in like forty minutes, which is like including waiting in line. So like twenty minutes to eat, yeah. twenty minutes to wait, and then twenty minutes to eat, which is ridiculous. Anyway. And it was also filling too. I mean, yeah. and they have vegetarian food. Uh, I was w- I went to some of the Archery people, uh Simeon Omega are vegetarian, and they got vegetarian food. So they it, Yeah. yeah it's, not quite as good as grilled cheese with or I mean not quite as good as macaroni <laughs> and cheese with bacon or grilled chicken. Well, less on it. animal murder, David. Less animal murder. So, you know, that's a plus. I'm, ah, fuck them. I'm at the top of the food chain <laughs> and I didn't get there to eat murder. broccoli. Uh, All food is murder. Um no, uh, it doesn't count if they're they they don't have cute eyes that you know or yeah, something like that. Yeah, but see, like that, that lettuce is still alive when you're eating it, so at least I have the decency to have my food killed first. Well, you know, uh, it makes me stronger. I don't know. I well, let's talk about well, other Ross, things at Ross, Gen Con. Have you looked into a cow's eyes? Yeah, there's nothing there. There is. No, there isn't. There's stuff. Or you look into a chicken's eyes. There's, there's nothing there. There's stuff. They have no soul, Ross. Um, <laughs> They and have no soul. Um, just like you. Well, you have dead eyes. Yeah, I mean, that's true. But that's, you know, let, let's talk about other things about Jenkins. Hey, that, that's not fair. Let's, let's stop getting derailed. Ross is not soulless. Ross is a monster. Yeah. Get it right. Um, yeah, he has a soul. He just keeps it in a little bitty box so that he doesn't have to be bothered by it. Uh, so, for shout outs, other things. Um, there was, uh, you know, I, I talked to one of the people. Actually, I had some repeat uh, players, too. Uh, in fact, one of them who was in one of my games last year, uh, one of my road trip games, uh, was in my road trip game this year for a different chapter, fortunately. Um, and uh, he was mentioning he was going to play True Dungeon after the uh, after my game. So I was like, oh, please post it on the forums because I want to hear about this. So because um, I've never played in True Dungeon and I don't even know what it's like and I know it, it gets huge crowds every year they take up a big section of the Marriott um, so I'm very curious about it so he posted he, just today uh, or yesterday he posted a uh, message board uh, description of it so I'm just going to read this so you guys get a sense of it um, this is his first experience with True Dungeon he had no idea what he was in for it's like a, an amusement park uh, it felt almost like an amusement park ride at first with the decor and all overall I found it to be a very cool experience unique and different the puzzles were very challenging not like your standard D&E game where you can take all the time you need to figure them out. Party had 12 minutes to solve the room or it's too damaged and on to the next room. 
Uh, the combat was equally challenged, having to play on a bar room-sized shuffleboard table and aim for the armor class printed on the board. Playing the monk, I had to throw two pucks with a second, uh, having to be in motion before the first stop moving. I found that to be very difficult, having no time to aim my shot. Uh, my only real complaint was having a party of 10 people working on puzzles, almost impossible, having to shout over nine other people to get your voice heard. Uh, the decor, low lighting, and music made it feel like a real dungeon, while the puzzles in combat were very challenging, but not impossible. Uh, otherwise, overall, I'll give it an 8 out of 10. Um, and then thank you again, Ross, for surrounding the game and signing my books. Um, and it has to be said, too, that the uh, swag bags that we picked up all had a free token in them. Uh, mine had a dirk. Never got to use it, but um, also looked through the coupon book, and I could have actually gotten quite a few more tokens i could have gotten i think six tokens total so yeah could have uh, walked away with a nice uh, fistful of weapons nice um, and actually dollar. uh shalzar also posted who is also in the rppr meetup um so he writes uh first year doing it and the rest of our group seven others were veterans and helped supplement our equipment and give us an advice on what to do next we rocked every single comment destroyed the boss in one round next year we plan on playing a nightmare doing the puzzle the heavy run uh, for the most part we rocked the puzzles out fairly easily the one that stumped us uh, with one that's something more than just us. It was the unfastened chains puzzle right before the last room. My friends and I had a blast and are totally going to be doing it again. We're recruiting more people, but uh, getting uh, all one time slot is hard. I'd give it as far as 9 out of 10. So, um, yeah, it sounds like an interesting experience. So if I might see if I have time for that next year. Well, uh, if you don't, Ross, I will. Yeah, definitely. definitely I really want to, and again, TerraWorks, I really want to try that as well. But um, so, so talking about you know universal things and um we uh, of course picked up a lot of things um at gen con uh you know at this time i want to talk about one of the books i got which was stealing cthulhu uh written by graham wheatley uh, i believe uh it's a book about how to take the cthulhu mythos and give it a new spin uh it's a very bite size like a very easy book to pick up and just read at random pages you don't have to read it beginning first because they they just break down every single entity like bayaki or deep ones or you know the migu and like oh here's something you can do with it here's another idea well what does this really mean what is this monster really about what's its theme what is it what does it represent um and they also have like what's really cool handwritten notes from other people like kenneth height and other you know lovecraftian experts so you can get like several different perspectives on um what to do with the cthulhu mythos so if you're thinking about how do i make the cthulhu mythos more awesome in my games then get stealing cthulhu so you can steal ideas for cthulhu so yeah um what about you guys uh, david you picked up some stuff obviously oh yeah um have to pick up a couple of different items just because it's it's gen con you have to have souvenirs exactly um, one of my favorites aside from that die um i picked up the volume two of the uh, webcomic looking for group and i was lucky enough to meet both of the fellows from blind ferret lars and summer uh the writer and artist and i've got my book signed by both uh, they were very pleasant to deal with. It was really, really nice to meet them, as opposed to a lot of artists that you walk up to them and it's like, go away, kid, you're bothering me. These two, <laughs> not so much. They were actually very happy to see me. They were happy to see any fan. Nice. And, of course, looking for group is the sort of vaguely World of Warcraft. You know, I will MMO. admit I got dragged into World of Warcraft almost entirely because of this uh, webcomic, and I'm not looking back. It's, yeah, I, I play WoW. Pity me if you want, but yeah. I've still got a level 85 mage, so neener. <laughs> and if, uh, uh, of course, I'm sure some of the listeners will be like uh, posting in the comments, what server are you on? So, <coughs> Maligos. I'm on Maligos. <laughs> Maligos, okay. So am I. 
Okay. So as, is, or as is Tom, Everybody as but is. me is on Malagos because I don't play WoW. Because Raw did. sucks. I, yeah, I'm a monster. Yeah, You beat the addiction. I did because uh, um, I actually got bored of it. But that's another uh, thing. Um, so uh, so that was your big purchase. Um, Aaron, did you pick up anything? Uh, not as much as I did last year. Uh, the big things that I did, well, um, as always, since uh, Who and A, which is the big Doctor Who North America retailer, always shows up each year. Right. Uh, so I ended and Aaron up. Aaron always gets the same kind of toys. <laughs> well, it's only this year because uh, I ended up picking up the uh, well older version of the Sonic Screwdriver that they put out, which is the Fourth Doctor's, um, and I had to pick up a version of that for uh, Thad since he could not make it down, but he knew they would be on sale for, first over there. So. I went ahead and did that. Um, only picked up one shirt, which I'm very, very proud of, of keeping my uh, – that's like keeping my uh, will strong on that, okay. which was a uh, the uh, Blue Lantern core with the flash. That's like emblem across it because I am that dork. Okay. Um, uh, the thing – I actually, the thing that I really loved that was most expensive I didn't have to pay for because uh, with uh, Arc Dream, since I ran games for them, I ended up getting $80 worth of credits. So I picked up my own copies of Monsters. Um, in bigger bad, so I could return that to Ross. And thank you again for letting me use that because those were the big helps. Yeah, and no, went ahead no. and put uh, picked up Road Trip as well. So uh, okay. and main, mainly because yeah, it's Ross's book, but also my name's in a published book too. You are <laughs> you're one of the playtesters. Um, um, so yeah, uh, yeah, that's another I thing. I could be a published author. You well, you need to write yeah. things and get people to print True. them. Um, but no, actually, the big thing <laughs> that's that kind I kind of the s- secret. Yeah, uh, no, the, the big thing though that I was really happy there is that. Uh, a company called St. Louis Ocarinas was there, and uh, I had seen this last year before. But I ended up picking. Oh, yeah, I uh, ended up picking up a uh, copy of uh, or the replica of their uh, Ocarina of Time from yeah, Zelda sixty four. I saw a lot of people there with Ocarinas. Man. Yeah, and uh, I, I like theirs too because I, I picked one up pre- particularly from Songbird Ocarina. Um, they had, uh, and it was just a six hold one. It was a G G scale that was kind of sharp sounding. So I got one that was more closely to it, and it's a C scale, so I could play it. Although uh, I can't play it in front of Tom because he starts to get annoyed really quickly. So all right, uh, um, well, we'll put a link up to that so, if you're a big Ocarina but, fan. So, but um, no, and they have more than the just the, re- the Zelda replicas, which again they're pulling in the nerds like myself. Um, luckily, though, I, I kind of a music major, so I was on both sides of the spectrum. Um, but they have a lot of other well-toned ones there as well. So, um, I will say also, uh, going back to your Arc Dream thing, uh, if any of you RPPR listeners out there want to run games uh, at Gen Con next year, uh, talk to the people at Arc Dream. We'll set up something where you get rewarded for running your game. So not yes, just will the other people will uh, uh, cheer at you or it'll be the, the, oh, my God, thank you for running this awesome game. You actually get monetary compensation in this sense yeah. that you get free books and stuff. So, yeah, uh, and uh, anybody who's interested in running a game there, uh, they can do the what I did, which was if you're running at least three well, games, which equal to like 72 hours game time, yeah. um, they will the con will give you a free badge under the Game Master link. And uh, so I had my comp- my badge completely comped. I didn't have to worry about purchasing yeah, so it this free year. free badge, which um, is... Sixty dollars. Yeah, and it's running the games too. It's not like doing and the volunteer. You don't volunteer. have to wait in line for it either. Oh god, yeah, Tom. Uh, if I'm sure Tom talked about this already. Yeah, no, the, Tom. Uh, Tom did talk about the two the, and a half uh, hours, three, um, four hour wait or whatever. Yeah, uh, but yeah, they uh, see. I lucked out. I got up at the butt crack of dawn, got into the will call line because I had uh, I purchased mine early, same way. But the thing is that you have to get into the will call line to get your badge. And uh, I woke up at six o'clock in the morning, got into the line, and I still waited an hour and a half. Yeah. Uh, there were that many people. 
Of course, I, I woke up late, but I had a press badge, so... Yeah, yeah. bastard. Yeah, yeah, screw um, you, Ross. But, uh, you only no- have to spend, you know, hundreds of dollars on equipment and spend hundreds of hours setting up the podcast, <laughs> recording and editing. It's a total scam for a free $60 badge. Um, but no, that's but yeah. The badge uh, is very well. It was a lot of fun to have that, which gave me like again seventy dollars to spend on useless <laughs> crap again. Um, but also, when you did with Arc Dream with fun, and hopefully they'll do the same thing next year. Um, you get like five dollars per ticket that you had in your games. So and I missed. I had two people missing. So whereas I would have gotten ninety dollars, I only right. ended up getting eighty. But still, yeah. eighty dollars netted me well, three I mean, decent books. That, I mean, that was for this year. I, I mean, we don't know what they're going to do for next year. I yeah, mean, probably similar. But you know, we don't want to say it will be yeah, this. So, so. Uh, you know, when that, when it comes time for that, that'll probably be around January. You know, beginning spring of next year when they really start figuring that out. So, but keep that in mind. Uh, it, run any game from Arc Dream uh, or Delta Green. Uh, which of course is now going to be a standalone game, so uh, sometime in the and I have to say from the uh, other side <laughs> of things, I didn't run any games, but I played in several, and I one of the most fun experiences of the con for me was getting to play with new people. I wanted to play at at least one game where I did not know a single other person at the table, and I got to do that. Uh, cool. Uh, which one was that? Was that the zombie game, or was that the uh, uh, deathmatch um, game, or was actually, that some other game? I can't count either of those two as um, games where I didn't know anybody else at the table because, Ross, I know you. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know Tom, and I know Aaron here, and Caleb. Yeah. But I did not know the other fans from RPPR, and it was <coughs> a fun experience there. But, well, what was the game that was totally new then? Uh, the game that was totally new, I got to playtest a uh, board game. Oh, okay. Uh, called uh, Seven Wonders. And the fellows who were explaining it, obviously English was not their first language, but they still did a fairly good explanation, and we muddled our way through, and it was fun. Cool, but I have to say though that the zombies game was equally fun. Okay, we'll more. get we'll get more into that uh, in, in that the later. anecdotes. Um, we still have a few more shout outs to do. Um, we, uh, Aaron, you mentioned there was a game. In fact, that was you didn't get to find out much about it, but the name was so great, you uh, just wanted to. Yeah, give that uh, a shout I, out. I wish I had the book with me because I love the description of it as well. It was called Hobomancer, and I, I think it was just like another one roll engine system that that uh, well, it was like one roll engine. Yeah, it was. It was a different one, but uh, the whole decide, basis of it is that you uh, that hobos were actually uh, uh, modern world shamans who traveled the rails, basically battling evil. Uh, spirits and influences in small rural America, which I love the idea. And but unfortunately, the game was going on when I ran my very last one. So we'll have to, yeah, uh, find, dig up a link for that because that. that does sound interesting. Um, but uh, I, I, if I could, do, I actually do have two other person okay. shout outs though. Um, first one, obviously, is Shane Ivy, just for the opportunity to play. Because uh, and thank you, Ross, for putting me in contact with him because mm-hmm. he was nothing but he- helpful and awesome for the entire time. And uh, Shane, thank you, man. Uh, and I look forward to doing more games next year. And the other one is Adam Scott Glancy. Uh, when I was, yeah, I was uh, putting up when I was getting my books. I was able to pop around and talk to him briefly, uh, and apologize because I wanted to be at the game but couldn't. And yeah. uh, I told him what I had played, and I love his reaction. He just shook his head and said, "Aaron, you have taken a classic children's movie." And somehow in, forcefully injected horror elements into it. <laughs> What's next for you? Finding Nemo? And I kicked myself because I knew the perfect response two hours later as we're driving back. <laughs> I, should, I wanted to say to him, and this is what I w- would have said to you, um, 
Uh, well, there is the deep one angle on that. You can. Yeah. It's like you're yeah. going over the edge. Nobody goes over the edge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I think we all know what Aaron is going to be running next year. No. There we go. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I can't. You could. Uh, well, you have all your think about it. So. Um, uh, I, finally, I want to mention two shout outs that. Uh, oh, uh, uh, shout outs that um, we haven't really uh, that aren't connected to Gen Con, but I found them in the last few weeks, and uh, they're pretty great. One is uh, a webcomic called Hard Boiled Shaman, talking about hobo mancers of shamans. Hard Boiled Hard Boiled Shaman is a webcomic about Siberian shamans, but done in the style of film noir, like uh, a hard boiled detective sh- shaman who's trying to figure out why this kid's sick, and oh, it's the other shaman, and he has to go. I mean, it's it's uh, uh, just. Really bizarre, but I could totally see a game of Dirty World being done with shamans and magic and like animal helpers who are assholes and like, what are you going to pay me to help you? I'm not. <laughs> I may be an animal helper spirit, but uh, I want food, jerk. You know. <laughs> um, and uh, you're we could put asshole cat in there and be done with. This. Well, it was a weasel. I'm sorry, an ermine in yeah. the uh, uh, hardball ship. And finally, I want to mention a novel, uh, the Caleb. Uh, let me borrow the Hunger Games. It's a uh, uh, great! Uh, I've, I'm I'm on the first one right now. Uh, a sci-fi dystopian novel about where in the future uh, America is ruled by a totalitarian government that, in order to enforce uh, its order, uh, divides America up into twelve districts and forces each district to give up two kids um, each year, a boy and a girl, between the ages of twelve and eighteen, and forces them, puts them all in an arena, and forces them to fight to the death until there's only one. And that's how they're saying we control you. You have to do, it. and they televise it, make everybody watch. Oh, what? So, and this is young adult novel, and it's, uh, so yeah, it's very gameable, uh, is what I'm thinking. Uh, and there's genetically engineered animals in it. Uh, kids can get sponsors from rich, decadent patrons of the capital city uh, who want to see them kill others. Uh, it's it's really it's really interesting. Uh, so yeah, so it's like the young adult novel form of oh, what was that? God, damn it, Battle one. Royale. Thank you, Battle Royale. I was trying. To- yeah, no, it's yeah. very very like yeah i could definitely see it uh in battle royale so uh yeah it's it's a trilogy novels by suzanne collins so yeah check that out um and uh finally of course um you guys uh tom you got a movie uh at gen con last lovecraft and you you two have seen it uh so i want to give us your little review of that all right well um i'll say obviously the thing i mainly what is the movie well first of all it's kind of a uh i guess last love kind of an indie movie about you know the it's called the last Lovecraft. the last lovecraft the relic of cthulhu is the full title okay and it's basically about the relic of cthulhu or half of it is found and the council which is all it's called which is you know they we 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 protect the world from the mythos Mm -hmm. uh they decide they have to give the other half to the last surviving uh, relative of H.P. Uh, Lovecraft to protect it. Yeah. He finds out Lovecraft was able to write it down because he was actually immune to the sanity sucking and whatnot. Nice. And, of course, his, you know, and his only surviving relative is, is a uh, lazy guy that works in a uh, kind of a flower basket company. It's like an advertisement agency or well, it's, it's it's like squirrel baskets, yeah. okay, kind of thing, and uh, so you know, of course, and then like Cthulhu's general called the Star Spawn shows up, yeah. and, he, and he like and he's wearing an ironic T-shirt, of course, when he shows up, yeah. and uh, it's I got it mainly for the because uh, like this, the, the creature name, yeah. and also the creature effects look really good, and I like good monsters that are actually on screen, yeah, and this one had a lot of really good ones, and them freaking out. I think you know, not losing sanity, but freaking out the way I think we would. You know, just 
you know, scream, what the hell is that? And just trying to get away. And of course the car won't start all that kind of stuff. But that's really kind of, it was my, I, you could, I could predict exactly what would happen in it. It's the you know, one of those movies. It's not complicated. Yeah. But it's a good spectacle, and uh, the the role of the captain who's living in the desert in the in a uh, RV because he's afraid to go near the ocean again, and also the, his calm description like you ever been fish raped before? Okay, all right. <laughs> Which you know you know it just starts like it's like at first the webbed hands kind of nice, and then boom, it's like he's right inside you. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Aaron, what about your your yeah. reactions to it uh, on that high note? You know, yeah. Um, no, actually, the captain probably was the highlight of all the comedic characters in there, because especially because he uh, had one of his shipmates who was being turned into a deep one, who he kept in a kiddie pool in the back, and he was he never reacted. He was just off, and they ended up. When he died, they ended well, up using him as bait. Spoiling yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah. Um, no, for overall, no, spoiler warning. Yeah. Yeah. Beep. So, uh, yeah, I think you can beep that over if you want. So um, that would require oh, effort. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Um, overall, no, the effects for a low budget film were actually pretty good. It was nice to see a lot of the, the mythos monsters. Um, and who's here? That's a very good question. And we're back. Uh, we were just interrupted by uh, who was it, David? You work for them? Oh, this was a Kirby vacuum cleaner salesperson. Yeah. And I have to uh, tell you, I worked for the company for all of four days before I realized I was going to need a truss to carry the things around. Yeah. Kirby vacuum cleaners, for those who have never used one, are heavy enough to count as an actual appliance. A full shop vac? Yes. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Heavier than a shop vac. Um, basically, the Kirby for. Uh, People see the Auric Vacuum Cleaner Company and uh, the commercials where he lifts up the bowling ball with it. Let me tell you, the difference between an Auric and a Kirby can basically be described as the difference between a European sports car and an American muscle. Uh, with an Auric, they said, let's make it lighter. Let's make it easier to use. The American version is, let's put a bigger engine on it so it'll suck the butt out of the cat. Wow. So, <laughs> so they should just going door, literally going door to door to sell me a vacuum cleaner. Because I rent, I don't even give. I don't even care that much about the carpets. Like, <laughs> like there's no blood on them, so I'm kind of like, ah, I'm fine. You we know? can fix that. Yeah, there's. there's <coughs> not, they're not that stained. They're actually kind of clean, anyway. So, Aaron, back to less Lovecraft. Back to less Lovecraft. And we're keeping so. it in the episode because <laughs> we're keeping it real here <laughs> yeah. at RPPR. Uh, and let yeah. you know, we're not fixing it in post. Fuck it. So. Well, I'm not fixing a post. Who, what's this we stuff? I'm the one who does it. Anyways, go on, Eric. Well, not, Tell us about the last love cry. Uh, yeah, so I was saying, uh, no, good effects. Um, that's like overall good story. Uh, the only problem I had is that some of it, it uh, the pacing was really kind of off for me because it, it had a lot of lulls in it. Oh, where, yeah. uh, where they were, if they're trying to talk, <laughs> it was very, very, it's like very, very deadpan. To the point where I was kind of sitting there going like, uh, I'm trying to laugh at it, but no. Not working. And, uh, and one of the guys, I think the, it, was, it wasn't the lead guy, it was his friend was from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Or, um, Wait, which guy from some? I don't know. I, I, I don't know the actor's name. One I of the I main did, characters? So. Yeah, it was one of the main characters. Uh, so. Mac? I, I don't remember. Cause Charlie? I've only, I've only seen like the, the three episodes you showed me. It wasn't Danny DeVito. No, it wasn't Danny it wasn't DeVito. It wasn't D. No. No. It's one of the two guys. That, well, there's three of the guys. So, uh, well, he's yes. on the cover if you want to get it. Dennis, <laughs> so we'll Dennis, the guy who has D's the sister. Well, I think so. Dennis is the skinny one who doesn't who doesn't show off his muscles. And yeah, isn't and he's crazy. Just, yeah, yeah, he's didn't just didn't really do So that, that yeah, I think that's who it is. So, Dennis. but right. we can pull the 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 cover later. All he's right. on I it. Feel like doing it right now. 
You have a smartphone, Tom. You've been using that quite a bit. Why don't you Google that on your smartphone? That's contributing. Yeah, anyway. Um, but no, overall, actually, it was it, overall, despite the issues it had, um, it was still pretty, really good funny in the end. And I did okay. like the uh, things that they worked off the, the mythos, like H.P. Lovecraft was immune to the madness. So that's Makes the sense. only reason he could see it. Okay. So uh, Good. So uh, with all that review in mind... Uh, uh, you can decide yourself. Uh, it might probably is on Netflix, I would imagine. So yes, it is. Um, it's on Instant Stream. Instant Stream. There you so, go. Yeah. Even better. Um, all right. So finally, um, we got through all the shoutouts. We have the anecdotes, and of course, when we're talking about you know focusing on Tom or I mean David and Aaron's games. Um, so David, uh, first off, actually the first game uh, talk about is actually one you and Tom play and I played, but uh, Arkham Horror, the uh, board game. Oh, I've yes. talked about it quite a bit on the show. So what were your experience? This is your first time playing. It. <laughs> This is the base game, um, so. Well, it was well, it was fun. A lot of the games <laughs> that I played over the course of Gen Con were fun, but this was lots of fun. Um, you basically play different investigators wandering around the town and trying to stop the horrible, horrible, otherworldly things from coming in. Right. Which that I just described any Cthulhu game that there is, really. Yeah. Seal the gates and or and stop the ancient one from waking up, basically. Yes, and. It, randomly decide the uh, ancient one. We ended up with uh, Yogg-Sothoth, which means that if you get lost in time and space while you're in the other world, you're, you're devoured. You're dead. Yeah, instant death. And uh, a couple of us experienced the instant death, uh, lost the magician rather early on. Uh, I was that was the, you that. were playing him, right? Yeah, I was playing the magician. Dexter Drake, yeah. With. And uh, after that, I started looking through the different characters and realized the perfect one to play for this is the nun because she can never get lost in time and space. True. Yeah, that would be, for Yogg's thought, that would be a good for, idea. For Yogg, she is the perfect character. Yeah. Um, I just started late enough that I had a completely unarmed nun, and we ended up with some really big random monsters pulled out of the bag. <laughs> Chthonians come to mind. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, we had Chthonians, which are big and scary. Yeah, graboids on steroids. And every time they move, everyone <laughs> takes a damage. Yep. Oh. Um, I, well, actually, I think you have to roll a die. There's a 50% chance. No, of we no, did no. It, although I think we did it. We ended that wrong, but every time they move, we all took one down. Okay, well, if that's how you played it, that's how you played it. Um, so your experience is a fun board game worth playing again? Uh, the board game? Oh, yes. Yeah, okay. Um, as in Arkham Horror? Definitely, yes. Okay. Um, I think it'd be even more fun with more players. We had um, six of us, then it went down to four of us, then yeah. we had four and a half because we had Zombie Aaron, but he really didn't play much, but... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Aaron, do you even remember anything about Arkham Horror? I uh, remember that the board looked nice, and uh, Ian and Violet had a whole slew of tokens in front of them that I didn't understand because I wasn't reading the manual when yeah. I was supposed to. Uh, but, Tom, you played a full game of it. Well, first of all, I have to comment. Um, I've never seen anyone eat pizza in a more maudlin state of exhaustion than I watched Aaron do when, uh, that night. Okay. I mean, it's it like, was sad. I mean, I mean, he was, like, staring... Who knows where? I came yeah. from a five-hour game. Yes, but what was it was yeah. fascinating watching you. Your eyes were just staring, you were, and you would even you didn't barely even looked at the pizza you were eating. A few times you missed, and then occasion. Oh, there it is. Wow! It was uh, it was truly amazing. <laughs> Poor Aaron. Uh, Do you have to say one of the gamer skills that we possess that Aaron does not is we can survive on our body weight in caffeine. Yeah. Aaron apparently does not imbibe. Yeah. Well, the Mountain or... Dew was flowing, and as was the Starbucks. And <laughs> I have to say, after the fifth Cathamoca Latte Frappuccino, I just said, fuck it, it's a milkshake. Yep. 
There you go. Um, but Tom, so Arkham Horror. Uh, uh, okay, but anyway, the game itself. Um, yeah. Actually, yes. Uh, actually, I loved it. It was yeah. Just, I mean, well, okay. It took us like three. It took us about an hour to get the rules down right. Yeah. But once the when, but once we got the feeling for the game, the, you know, had everything was going, and uh, we were just you now we could rapidly go from turn to turn. It was actually really fun. And I really, I really want. To, I just think I wish there was more of it, which is why I think if we ever play it again, we need some of the expansions. Yeah, uh, there are quite a few expansions. And apparently, it. we won, which yeah. doesn't happen very often. No, like I said, I've played like six or seven games. I've won twice. Yeah, I still so. love playing the gangster Duke since he starts with a Tommy gun and dynamite. Yeah, no, uh, which is pretty much like the, the weapon package of twenties Cthulhu. Yeah, no, it was a good, good setup. And of course that, and of course I got to draw two uh, random common items, which that I got a derringer and a shotgun. So I had a lot of weapons on me. You did, and uh, I was also the only one, one of only one of two that survived with their original character intact. Nice. Um, so uh, Arkham Horror, a big thumbs up from uh, RPPR. Um, <laughs> but um, and a big thanks to Ian. And, and we were talking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big thanks to Ian and Violet for bringing it. Yeah, no, because th- uh, that's an expensive game too. Uh, now you ran Wild Talent Zombies this year, but David was actually one of the players, so you probably had, we already talked about your experience of running the game. But uh, David, what about you uh, playing the game? Uh, did you uh, you were playing the Invulnerable Waitress? Yes, I was playing the Invulnerable Waitress. There. Gotta love the random luck of the draw. And um, <laughs> no, you got to choose. Well, oh, I, no, I was the last oh, one. Yeah. Um, basically, I bought in with uh, <laughs> generic tickets. Yeah. And so I said, if there is a leftover, um, I will take it. But basically, everybody got to go first. And I ended up with the Invulnerable Waitress. And I kind of have to smile because out of two games that I played in, I got to use the same um, improvised weapon. I broke off the head of a broom and used a broomstick. <laughs> Too great effect. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, just so you guys know, uh, when I was planning the Wild Talents character, uh, that particular character is modeled after a webcomic called Dead Winter, where the main character is a waitress who uses a broomstick, uh, a broomstick slash mop, or <coughs> no, a mop, to fight zombies. So I, I just gave her invulnerability. So, uh, but still, yeah, uh, gotta love the broomstick. Yeah. So, particular favorite and, moments in the game? Well, uh, one thing that uh, just kind of got the eye twitch um <laughs> one of the characters the old uh, granny uh chain smokes virginia slims and i happen to have been out of my cigarettes and my brand is not much different <laughs> for those who have never seen my brand uh, they if they were any more gay they would have lipstick on them right out of the package nice so it's chain smoking it's like uh Nice, Ross. Nice. Uh, to be fair, I didn't. That was Caleb's idea. He insisted that she smoke Virginia Slims, so he was the one who came up with the idea with doing the old lady uh, in the first place as one of the characters. And he said he, she has to be smoking Virginia Slims because that's how she'll trigger her pyrokinesis. So uh, yeah, yeah. And I gotta love the idea of a little old lady who's chain smoking on a walker. And uh, what was it? Flaming Reagans. Fire Reagans. <laughs> Again, that was what Caleb ran the character. <laughs> Uh, as in one of the playtests, and he was like, "Fire! I'll have fire Reagan attack the zombies," <laughs> and like, uh, I was like, oh, "Okay." I just suggested to the other player that he do that, so I guess he took that suggestion and ran with it. So. Actually, he didn't. Uh, yeah. I just remember the description is like possibly flaming Reagans, but um, uh, for the most part, the uh, I think he just basically set things on fire. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite roles that he pulled off was. Um, well, I say he, well, yeah, that I really wish I could remember your name, sir, and uh, my apologies. Which, uh, who was he playing? 
uh, the one who was playing the, oh, the, the, the lady, the, yeah, the lady. Uh, managed to set the asphalt on fire <laughs> behind us and melt the highway enough to slow down the robot. Nice. Ah, that's very clever. Uh, yeah, I, I tried to give the characters versatile power so that they would be <coughs> able to uh, do that. Um, uh, creative things like that. So uh, that's the first time that's happened in that, in that game. I hadn't thought of melting the tar. Nice. And the funny part to me, too, was that out of all of us, um, the perky, spunky young waitress was the one who actually had gun skills. So I ended up with a shotgun at one point in time. There you go. Yeah. Um, well, the criminal, I think, had gun skills, too. Oh, well, yeah. Shalazar but, and I both broke out the shotguns. Well, of course, he had telekinesis, too, so he didn't really, really need shotguns. But Whereas I just had invulnerability, which means I would have worked great as a projectile weapon, and thank you very much for nobody thinking of that one. <laughs> and Patient Zero uh, tapped you. Uh, yeah, I got tapped. <laughs> and by tapped, uh, what was that? Um I went after Patient Zero because I was right up there. I said, well, I've got the invulnerability, so that means that I can walk right up and get the uh, goop out of the back, um, you know, the spinal fluid. Yeah. And so I went up, stuck the needle in, uh, drew it back, and Patient Zero woke up and was not too happy about that. So I tossed the needle aside and smacked him across the face, which has to be said, not my brightest move. <laughs> he big daddy to you, didn't he? Oh, yeah. I got a... <laughs> I got punched through uh, the containment tube and the window at the side. Uh, luckily, on the 90th floor. Yeah. Ouch. Um, luckily, the fellow with the stretching powers was able to catch me and fling me back and Coach. actually slingshotted me directly at it. <laughs> and so I gave uh, Patient Zero some t- chin music, and I, I think I tickled him. Yeah. Um, I think invulnerable characters, invulnerable characters can be used as projectile weapons. Um, in Wild Talents, they have rules for it. I think uh, they have penetration for every point of armor. They have hard dice, so you would have had five points of penetration with that attack. So, well, if uh, that had worked, or yeah. I mean, if we'd have known about that, I think I probably would have actually hurt Patient Zero a little bit. But as it was, um, his armor absorbed all of the attack, and I basically got a look of, you did not just try that. Yeah, nice. Um, so did your character survive at the end? Uh, yes. Um, not they, infected. Well, yeah, all but one did, and uh, what we uh, managed to do with that, um, we all used our uh, what was it influence rolls? Uh, persuade. Oh yeah, we all had persuade at some level, and we yeah. all yeah, go on. And we all uh, rolled persuasion checks to try to explain to Patient Zero that we were victims too. Um, it wasn't our fault uh, what had happened to it. Um, we weren't the ones that were containing it, and we actually managed to get Patient Zero to our side temporarily. Which again, later first, found out yeah. was not a not necessarily the best of ideas. It's called patient zero. He did kind of you know. Well, subject zero. Subject zero. Yeah. yeah well, as can... I said, he he used it as a chance to get out to continue his mission. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. well again, every time I, uh, the game gets run, it, it has a very different result. <laughs> um, so yeah. And uh, my apologies for having to player kill in that. Um, yeah. I really <laughs> did not want to kill uh, Shalazar. Uh, Tom's up. Tom's fan, but um, that's two games in a row. One was a death match, but the other one, yeah. I really didn't want to do a player kill, but I kind of had to because he went a little crazy. And uh, well, you know, he uh, he was infected. He was infected. Well, yeah, he was infected, and uh, we had to put him down. There you go. Uh, but Aaron, you know, you ran those three games at Nim, and we talked about. There's just one uh, more thing. That, oh, one more thing uh, that I one more thing that I liked about it. It was totally logical infection too. Yeah. When uh, they said, like, well, we need the spinal fluid of a freshly infected metahuman zombie. Yeah. And uh, they asked patient uh, Subject Zero if they knew where they could find one. 
He just turned to the nearest person who happened to be Shalazar and shot him with the spore cannon. Yeah, that that would. Uh, yeah, yeah, he would. Even do that. Shalazar thought actually like ah, oh, that makes sense actually. <laughs> <laughs> and when he got to become a zombie, he really loved that. Yeah, it was beautiful. Uh, nice. Um, so Aaron, yeah, you ran three games of Nim. <laughs> Um, yeah. So how did that go? Um, they all went pr- actually very well for what each of them were. Um, like I said, I beforehand, uh, or actually I didn't. Sorry, um, I didn't. Ha- I had had everything prepared, but unfortunately, due to situations here, I didn't have a chance to do a play test with you guys. Right. So sadly, the first group that I went in became my play test group. But I was lucky in the fact that again, I had four people that I already knew there, so uh, they. Uh, Tad and the three people beforehand, so uh, they were very willing to play around with it. Um, and in, and with that one, the only regret I have is that I had to kind of speed along the ending because yeah. uh, I had one instance where uh, Nicodemus basically he's dead, but he's communicating through the dream lens, and uh, whomever reaches the, uh, the the book he was writing in, which I was calling the uh, the uh, Burning Chronicle, um, he would ba- basically he would talk to them. And then give him the rest of the Necromancy exposition that they, yeah. Oh, what was yes. that? The mouse and Omicron. So, the oh, the red and Omicron. The red and Omicron. So, yeah. Um, yeah red and Omicron. Yeah, that's right. Sorry. So it still works. Said, um, but no, they were they were really great to play with. Especially Tad. He ended up remembering more about the the Nim movie backstory than I I had remembered, Ooh. including uh, since he was playing a doctor character who was underneath. Um, Oh, uh, Mr. Mr. Aegis. Aegis, thank you, David. Um, he actually remembered a couple things like a nettle bomb that was used on one of the cats. It's like, I'm going to make one of those for the humans. Awesome. Go for it. <laughs> so, no, Tad was one of the standout players for that one. Um, and I was actually really happy that uh, – because I wasn't certain about one scene where uh, they were going down – if people remember the movie where they go into the well – underneath the rose bush and they see the water elevator um i had a bunch of bodies flowing floating in it from like the rat mutants and the uh shrew family that ended up dying got a visceral reaction every time to the point that one woman who was playing with it put her hands up to her face i'm like damn i didn't think that was going to be that much of a reaction they're just lots of dead bodies of people that have things that have died horribly like, Why are you these so- are the these, these are the innocents so yeah. but no they did a great job with the first one uh the second group i uh, was actually did very well um and and uh the mystic who the person who was playing the mystic i love them because uh during the uh one during the earth mover scene i uh, gave the mystic abilities one of them, which is saying subtle influence, that the spirits would tell you what they tell you what to do, yeah. or to well, what you could do to tell something. Right. And uh, uh, to the two humans that were out there were the guy running the Earth Mover and then a Nim executive. Well, the first group just thought to get them into a fight and worked out pretty well with a subtle influence. She yeah. said this woman was great. She said, "All right, um, no, actually, yeah, no, it was a guy. Sorry, yeah." Uh, he uh, said. Well, I want to t- go ahead and get them to fight. Then tell the NIM, influence the NIM executive that he has to go to the bathroom really badly, and he critted it. It was like <laughs> four sixes. So you see him arguing while he's dancing around. Nice, but, nice. No, but uh, that one was great, and unfor- but unfortunately they ran out of time, so ah. I had to buzz through the ending. Uh, the final group, which had Amish Ninja, Ninja from the forums and uh, other new people, only full group, did a fantastic fantastic job i was able to get through everything i was able to put the little uh nods to it to each of the series like having Teresa brisby uh, mrs brisby's kid and 
down in there. Um, got the Nicodemus scene, got the full Jenner scene. It was a lot of fun. Um, the only problem with that last game is that the guy who was playing the mystic obviously didn't bother to read his character sheet because I statted out all the abilities in the back. Yeah. And, uh, to which, uh, on an offside, uh, off a side note, um, the uh, Bigger Bad's book was great for that because I was able to put weird skills. Yeah. So I was able to, to – that particular character, I was actually able to give mystical powers versus just all the physical ones I gave the other characters. Right, right, right. So, um, But he didn't bother to read it, so I ended up having to tell him yeah. half the time. It's like the spirits are saying, burn this thing. Yeah. Like, come on, you really need yeah, to... Yeah, you, re- you really, with sometimes the con players, you get people that just don't pay attention. Yeah, and, and they're, it, they're it's like off, enough. you know, dazing, or they're off, you know, uh, in some sort of trance, or they're, do, you know, playing with some gadget or something uh, like yeah, that. Yeah, which kind of happened with this guy. About the costume contest and how they're possibly going to win against that. Yeah, exactly, so... Um, but yeah, my and my big... Yeah, the, which is what this guy was doing, and it felt, made me feel even worse, because I ran into a situation with that last game, like Caleb did, where I had three... Um, people show up early who were not normal that only had generic tickets right and i would have rather this one lady replace this guy because he was just off in la la land half the time and i really yeah it's like (laughs) can i get somebody in who will actually enjoy this game because everybody else was great except you wandering about so um but no the out of that last game though the hero of that was amish because um in all three games i had a uh frog character that tom and i had created yeah that was one of the uh the scouts around the, the farm uh, the farm who we based off of uh john malkovich's character from the movie red just a complete paranoid um, oh, right. armed yeah, yeah. that's like armed agent and uh where he the first he when he pops out of hiding the first thing he says to the group is why are you trying to kill me right so, right right but uh that group the last group fell in love with him to the point where um Amish wanted to take him with us. Yeah. And none of the other groups had. So I said, well, he's only going to go by Justin's, uh, uh, Justin's command. And he used a, an ability that I gave him that was called inspire to pull rank on him. <laughs> and so he got pulled down and became part of the adventure. So yeah, players have a tendency to adopt weird NPCs, you know? Uh, yeah. See the pirate yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So or, no, or but the Ripley. Yeah. So. But no, everything else was, it, every game was great. And realistically, everything just got better as they went along. So to that last game, uh, even though it ran over, um, and I guess that was the hallmark of how I found this was a good game because we reached probably about 20 minutes till, to the fourth hour. Mm-hmm. And I told asked everybody, uh, do you need to go because Sunday's tomorrow. I know people no. have to get leave early. They said, no, we want to finish this, and it ended up being a five-hour game. Nice. So, yeah, that is a sign of a good game. Yeah, so. that they wanted to find out how cool. this ended. So, um, Did you record any of those? Um, the second one is the only one that got fully recorded. Um, sadly, that was the one that ended. Right. And, I, and I ran out of battery power halfway through the last awesome game. Which you I, have to watch the batteries on it. Or yeah, use the AC adapter like I do. Well, what Tom does unfortunately doesn't have the AC adapter for his, so I was kind of one. SOL. Um, <laughs> but uh, at some point, I may go ahead and give that over to you if we want to at least do it yeah. as, a, as a reward. Well, we'll probably do so. an uh, RPPR game because uh, I want to play. I'm sure Tom wants to play. David, yeah. you probably okay? Want uh, to play. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. Uh, we can Dibs play. on the Mystic, exactly. Yeah, uh, we'll probably get Caleb uh, and some other people and do a full group of it. So yeah, we'll uh, full run. So uh, okay. this time we won't have to leave after four hours if it. Shit gets so real. So well, hopefully uh, I'll have this streamlined yeah. to a point where I can actually get it through to like. Well, the, I mean that's the thing. We'll have the luxury of time, so we'll be able to throw in throw in all the encounters you want. We yeah. can do a two part like Caleb. <coughs> Caleb can't run a one po- one shot no. for his life. He uh, he has once or twice. Well, no, he did he did one shots over at Con. We didn't give him credit for that. Yeah. So yeah. 
Uh, we did talk about that. So, uh, and then finally, of course, we had the 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 RPPR meetup game, which was yeah. the deathmatch game I came up with. Um, so, of course, both of you had. We already talked about Tom's experiences there, yeah, and uh, and I I talked about. It. But David, uh, uh, tell us about your experiences with the uh, deathmatch game. So, well, um, Ross didn't really give us a lot to go off of to start <laughs> off with. He just said, "All right, you're going to be fighting to death in the mall. You have twelve dice. Go." Yeah. And he said, "Oh." Um, come up with some kind of character concept that'll tie them together so i pulled on my walmart experience and i made a black friday shopper uh with (laughs) with four dice in um uh find it on sale so that i could basically find different items and then or if i was looking for something i could find it on sale if the dice worked for me and uh the other ability i had was improvised weapon and i used that yeah you did Um... uh quite a bit um Let's see, most notable weapons, broomstick, cricket bat, another player's severed arm. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, we used one, one, one roll engine for that with hit locations, but I didn't, you, like once a player lost all the dice, all the box hit points in one of their hit locations, I didn't say, oh, you're starting bleeding. That's it, your arm's off, you're, you're, you yeah, uh, you, you, you just got your arm severed. Yeah, or, and so, if you had one flag, you could still hop, I mean, you know. And uh, I, do have to say I'm particularly proud of the uh, one die distraction thing. Um, Ross said, um, everybody write down on a little scratch piece of paper a one die disadvantage for somebody else. And we're going to throw them into the thing. And at first randomly I thought it was... Yeah, randomly pick them. At first I thought it was going to be for me, so I put um, distracted by bargains. And actually found out that in a shopping mall you can distract somebody with bargains anywhere. Yeah. Uh, what was the one you wound up getting, though? Um, the one that I ended up getting was panic attacks, and nobody called me on it once. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing. I, I put it all on the players. Like, you all have to keep track of the other players' weaknesses. I'm not going to do it for you. I'm not going to keep track of that shit. So, uh, yeah, you got pretty lucky with that. Because panic attacks, that could have been pretty bad if uh, uh, somebody uh, said, oh, well, he's threatened. He should have a panic attack. That would have sucked. It really would have. Yeah. But uh, luckily, nobody said a single word about it. Yep. Uh, so what happened to your character? I can't remember exactly. Um, I was the third to last to die. Um, <laughs> and basically, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say, uh, yeah, I was number three. I tried to do suicide by Tom at one point and I actually managed to kill the bastard, which is surprising in I and of itself. Lost an arm. Yeah. Well, he, had, or we were both down an arm. Tom was also down a leg. But we managed to hit mostly torso wounds, and I managed to beat on him more than he beat on me. So, so you're using the arm, and he was just punching you, right? Or did yeah, you? Tom was yeah. using diamond fists. Well, so. his diamond ring fist had worn off at that point; they had all yeah. snapped off. Uh, yeah, um, and he, so he was punching me, and I was smacking him about the head with a uh, uh, whose severed arm was it? It was Ian's <laughs> arm. Oh. It was Ian's severed arm. <laughs> yeah, and so. Um, yeah, my own particular style of unarmed combat. <laughs> <laughs> you disarmed him. Yes. Anyways, uh, that joke never gets old. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so you killed Tom, uh, and then what happened? Well, after um, a lot, I killed Tom. I think I also killed uh, Shalazar at one. No, I killed Shalazar. Oh, wait, that's right. Well, that uh, was the explosion. Aaron got him with the explosion. But um, basically, when the mall was about to fully explode, I was heading toward... I was trying to break the glass of the doors so that the ex- or so that we would at least get some air in, um, and I accidentally stumbled across the boundary and got my head blown off. So I uh, didn't get killed by any of the other players. I was the third. To, or third Wait, what, to last blew, what was it? The explosion or was it no? Oh no, it was the uh, collar. 
Collar, that's right, yeah. Um, oh, you yeah, basically you said failed. if you break the perimeter, the collar around your neck will just that's blow right, up. That's right, yeah. And... Uh, you failed uh, some sort of check uh, to keep yourself uh, from... Yeah, to keep my head inside the building as I was breaking the glass. Yeah. So apparently I head-butted my way through it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, shit got real. Um, so yeah, that was uh, uh, fun. Uh, of course, Aaron was in there as well. Aaron had a particularly inspired uh, yes. run, uh, I guess. Well, I, I can't really take all the credit for that because half of the plan really came from Tad. Yeah. Because uh, uh, originally I wasn't certain of what I was going to do. Um, my basic character concept was is that I was some random mall techie for one of the computer stores. Yeah. And uh, my abilities were uh, network Aaron administrator. At Shack. Yeah. Yeah. Something along that lines. I had network administrator, which is the computer skills. I had a distract skill that I never use called what the hell is that? And that's a good idea for a skill, man. You should have used that. I should have used that, but I didn't get the chance. And I didn't think about it. And my last one was a, a, a mech, uh, oh, sorry, mech tech skill, uh, called why are there so many spare parts left over? <laughs> okay. And, uh, I just, and originally I started out, I think in like a sports authority, yeah, and I, I failed to make an entrance trap, but uh, I had to get out of the main room because the uh, disadvantage that I was given is that I had migraines and they were onset by bright lights. <laughs> so, or this is a mall, so I race into the back halls of the mall where everything is dim lit, and uh, I tr- and I make it to the security office. And uh, managed to set up a trap with the uh, the shotgun and the dragon fires around that almost got Caleb if it weren't for my perchance yeah. for rolling like shit. <laughs> yeah, um, that would have killed him. I know, which I uh, I was so disappointed. Anyway, um, at this point in time, Ted had been just randomly flooding things. Yeah, uh, like backing up grease traps in the food court. Um, that's like turning on all the faucets, and uh, I think by the like the sixth or seventh round he had flooded the entire mall well i decided at that time that i had to do what i did last year which was try to kill everybody and escape myself yeah no matter what so um going with tad i decided that i was going to go into sears get some equipment and try to connect the gas main to the water main so you would have natural gas <laughs> flooding up and my hope was is that during while this was happening i could find some safe room hide in there, and if Doctor Who has taught me anything, a small steel safety room will survive a massive explosion. Also Indiana Jones. Uh, Indiana Jones in the I mean, in a refrigerator that. Um, explosion. No, that's not but unfortunately, <laughs> while I was doing this, um, uh, Ian and Shalazar found me as I had just hooked up everything, and, unfor- and I knew I really didn't have the capability of fighting my way out, so I thought, you know, fuck it. I used a, rent pi- a uh, wrench in my hand, created a spark on the yeah, uh, pipe and self-immolated, but I managed to take Shalazar with me in the explosion. And you also wounded Ian a little bit. Yeah, I wounded Ian a little bit to soften it up, up for you guys. But that was my contribution. Uh, do, going going out kamikaze, and I set the entire. Uh, yeah, you pretty much set, uh, set down the, the, the final fire. countdown for uh, everyone dying. <laughs> so, uh, good job there, Aaron. Yeah, so that was uh, that was pretty epic. And I was only uh, on one sonic screwdriver that night, so I was doing yeah. pretty good. Um, I will say, I am working actually on a uh, 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 the next RPI ransom project. Is I'm beginning work on it, and it's going to be a deathmatch competitive PvP <laughs> RPG where uh, yeah. I haven't I haven't picked a name for it. I've got some ideas, uh, but. We, it's definitely going to be along the same lines. Something rules light, something Samuel ridiculous. Keaton RPG. 
Yeah. <laughs> Another reference to uh, Zombie Spaceship Wasteland. So uh, with that, I think that concludes our coverage of Gen Con 2011. I will have the uh, Thousand One Uses for Zombies in Role Playing Games seminar uh, as another uh, <coughs> special that I'll put on RPPR. Um, they'll put that on in a while. And um, we have games snack for food, by the way. The what? Which uses snack food? Uh, eight seventy three, maybe eight seventy two. I, I think it's one of those. Um, there's a. We have tables. I have tables. There's so many tables. Uh, so uh, we have Gen Con games. I'm going to be posting, you know, Fiasco. Uh, we've already posted Old School Hack. Uh, there's just going to be all kinds of great stuff. So, uh, but yeah. Anyways. Um, and yeah, actually, the last thing I wanted to say, uh, for, uh, since I didn't, I forgot about it at the shoutouts. Um, to all the RPV listeners who I we got to see this year, um, Tad and Amish it was good to see you again. I'm glad I got to hang out with you, uh, Bob the Paladin. Glad I got to meet you the first time, Shalazar. I will try to kill you again next year. Um, and that's the thing I'm going to try to do for all of you. Any new RPPR listener that shows up, I will target you specifically. Yep. I will we try will, to find a way to kill you in these games. So we'll definitely have um, competitive deathmatch games because that's how we show our spirit, community spirit. Oh, in and RPPR. Ristar, so, nice to see try you for the kill one each time other I saw you on tabletop. We game. stab you because we love you. Exactly. It's only love. <laughs> uh, so this has been uh, Ross Payton with David, Aaron, and Tom. Yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's been episode six, RPPR episode sixty two, Gen Con wrap up, part two. See you guys next time. It is not a crime that I've got Rob Hubel on my mind, and if it's wrong, don't tell me how, 'cause I'm not gonna stop liking Judd Apatow, 'cause I am a girl. In love with comedians My first crush was Pee-wee Herman And now I'm on to Eugene Herman I don't know how it happened so fast But I got feelings for Martin Starr And they're gonna last Tell me it's okay to like Louis C.K. Come near